In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Welcome back for another OG show live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to, once again, the Bass Cag oh, Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Paladin. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host, Welcome back to the Mindset Alpha. I'm your host, Crystal. Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Can you here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman podcast? Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your host, Sean, and with me is my co-host, Susie. Howdy, howdy. How's it going, Susie? It's going pretty good. Um, I ended my seven and a half year career at uh, OSF in Peoria on Friday, so that was a pretty big thing. It still doesn't feel real, so uh, still kind of, you know, not really dealing with that just yet until I go to my new job on Monday, which I'm going to be like, oh my God, but like it's a four minute drive and, you know, there's all sorts of awesome perks to it and everything. So uh, this first week will be interesting because, you know, it'll be new orientation, all that other fun stuff. So, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited. So it was definitely hard to leave um, all the people that I worked with and everything, but uh, definitely looking forward to this new chapter. So interesting i uh i've changed jobs more than i probably should have in the last couple years and (laughs) it still felt weird to leave pretty much every one i i left Mm -hmm. so uh it's definitely a strange feeling and i mean you know i'm sure there's butterflies a little bit for going into someplace new but oh yeah (laughs) sounds like a a pretty good situation for you so congrats yeah thank you thank you and then (laughs) um this weekend um We've actually got a pretty free weekend this weekend and next weekend. Um, And then I think it starts getting a little busy for, you know, shockingly, the holidays. (laughs) Because it's November. Where'd that come from, right? I don't know. (laughs) Like, I'm just, I'm still just like flabbergasted. It's November. Like, I thought it was just like June. And then now it's just like, oh, okay, we're, we're here in November. We're almost at the end of the year. So crazy, crazy how time is 
my I have a uh, my oldest daughter is a senior in high school, and I, oh. you know, kept thinking, you know, oh, you know, she'll okay, so she has her senior year. It'll be another year, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, we're halfway through her senior year already. She's gonna be off at college before I know it. So I'm not oh. sure if I'm prepared for that kind of thing, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Right. I wish time would slow down a little bit, but uh, oh, I know, it is what yeah. it is. <laughs> Sometimes I'm glad when it goes fast, and then other times I'm just like, slow down a little. Like, I don't want it to be winter just yet. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So, but uh, that actually, uh, you know, kind of segues way into our topic uh, for today's show. So um, we don't have a host or a uh, a uh, guest with us today. I mean, yeah, we are the hosts. Come on. <laughs> All good, all good. It would be a it would be a strange uh, show with no host, but uh... <laughs> right, yeah, that would be a little odd. Although curious thought though, that would be interesting. Have some random person just try to run in the show. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Anywho, so yes, um, so we figured you know we were gonna talk a little bit about um, you know wrapping up uh, your kayak fishing season because you know it is getting on to be late fall. We're kind of up on winter. Uh, we know a lot of people are going to start packing their things up for the season and whatnot. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are probably like, well, what should I do now that I'm not really fishing so much if you're not too busy with other things? Well, the great answer to that question would be to clean your gear. <laughs> and I, I was when Susie brought up this topic, I was like, holy cow, we definitely need to talk about this because I'm terrible at that. I I probably still have stuff in my kayak from last season that I just never <laughs> took out. But uh, I did I did wash my kayak out once this year. Um, and so I, I think I did take pretty much everything off of it at least once this year. But uh, it definitely, I am, I, 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 I like we were talking before we started recording, I am one of the worst for, uh, when I get home, uh, I pretty much unload my kayak onto the cart that I have now, and I'm I don't even touch it for until I go fishing again, and it's <laughs> it's horrible. Like just, like perfect example, my uh, my Hobie drive was squeaking like crazy, and I kept saying I, I bought the Hobie lube stuff that you spray on it. I had mm -hmm. done that once before earlier this summer, and it worked great. And I kept saying to myself. When I get home, I need to spray this. I need to spray this. And I don't know. It was probably three or four trips where I squeaked my way through the whole trip. <laughs> oh, like, that's probably the worst, too. Scaring every fish, you know, with an earshot, you know. And uh, so finally, I think Wednesday night when I got off the water, it was Tuesday or Wednesday, I, I was like, I am not unloading a thing until I spray that drive. <laughs> I'm not squeaking my way through another fishing trip. It was... Right. And it was crazy how uh, much of a difference it makes because just a little bit of that stuff, and now it's like super quiet again. So nice. Oh yeah, that's always like the worst too because you're just like it's the most annoying and frustrating thing you have to deal with. You get home and like I don't know what it is. It's like the going through a dorm frame mentality. Like you have something in your head as soon as you go through a door, like it just it's gone. Gone. <laughs> like, Part of mine is just trying to keep the wife happy, you know, and I fish longer than I should have. So I like I get home like, hey, hey, I'm here. I'm ready to do whatever we need to do. And <laughs> right. You're a good husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I fish a lot though, but you know. You're right. <laughs> it's um, a little bit of the opposite for me because it's like I get home and the husband's like, Are you gonna make dinner now? I'm like, it's like eight o'clock at night. Why didn't you make yourself something? You know? <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, shoot. <clears throat> but yeah, so I figure, um, you know, so we're going to start off with, um, you know, cleaning your gear, um, maintaining things, checking things out, uh, talking about, you know, how to look over your kayak, um, even like basic maintenance on the kayak, uh, looking over your PFD, your rain gear, your cold weather gear, your cold water boots, you know, all that different stuff. Because I mean, Essentially, this is all important things, and you're going to want to make sure that it's going to last the longest. So I figure we'll just jump right into uh, the biggest and most important part of uh, your gear is your kayak. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, depending on which one you have, you know, most of them come with like a basic user guide and whatnot, and some of them even have... Um, 
how-to videos and whatnot on um, either their um, uh, product website or even on YouTube, that type of thing. Um, Sean and I are both Hobie owners, so uh, Hobie has uh, some awesome videos uh, on their website and YouTube on how to you know, clean and maintain your pedal drives and whatnot. But like, there's a lot more to that than just, you know, spraying some grease on it and that type of thing. Um, so, you know, if you know that you're putting your kayak up for the rest of the season or, you know, the first snow has fallen and, you know, lakes are freezing over, that's the perfect time to start going through all your stuff and taking account of everything too. So when it comes to your kayak, you know, some of the biggest things, especially for an area where I am, is, uh, you know, checking your hole to make sure that you don't have any super deep gouges that could be potentially able to penetrate the hole and cause for leakage in there. Um, I have a couple of times nearly like beached myself on top of stumps before because, <laughs> you know, the murky water and everything you can't always see. And then, you know, when you're going to land, sometimes you have like a rocky shore that you're going into, the concrete ramps. You know, they, they do put a lot of the plastic in the nose and uh, the back ends of the kayaks, but those are definitely some of those key areas that you want to double check to make sure that, A, you know, you're not like on a ticking time bob, like the next thing you, uh, you know, land up on the concrete uh, uh, boat launch there that you're not going to put a big old hole in the front of your kayak there. So um, uh, tips and tricks on how to... Uh, keep those uh, from wear and tear is um, I know there's, I think there's metal ones on the market now. I haven't looked in quite a while, but um, they're basically like a, um, like a skid guard uh, okay. type of thing in a sense. I think they make metal ones now that you basically sort of like glue on to the nose of your kayak. That way when you do beach, it's just, it's hitting on that metal and not the actual kayak. So, you know, if yours is more prone to wear and tear in that area, you could definitely look into something like that. I used Gorilla Tape on mine for quite a while. But again, with all things, you know, that kind of wears and tears down as well. And um, also uh, getting yourself some little uh, plastic welds um, as well to kind of get, um, you know, some of those deeper cracks and whatnot filled in. It Have is, you done that before? I've never done that. I've, I'm, no. I'm wondering how uh, how much of a chore it is. So I used to think it was going to be like a really big chore until like I realized how easy it can actually be. And the only thing you need is if you can get some. Um, so like in Hobie's, when you get it, and you're like looking in the hole and whatnot, sometimes you'll see like the leftover shavings from where they drilled in and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I will keep those because you want to use the original plastic that's part of your kayak. If you don't, you know, it's not the end of the world or anything. They come with like, uh, you can buy like clear uh, polyurethane sticks and whatnot. And then all you need is just a little hand torch. So like I got one off of Amazon, I think for 15 bucks. You fill it with like the butane stuff, you know, same thing in like a cigarette lighter. And what you do is you just kind of take your uh, torch and you just kind of go over the kayak. Not not too crazy. I mean, it, it takes a few times to kind of know like when it's getting hot and when it's like, oh, yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> this is getting too much. And then you just flame the end of your rod stick. And then you just kind of like, in a sense, you're welding that plastic into those areas. Um, I haven't necessarily used it for like deeper gouges. Um, but what I've done is I've drilled in um, lights on the side of my kayak. And so what I did is I took some of the little plastic shavings left over that I had and I would kind of melt them all together. And then I would take my torch and would kind of flame it around so that it would create a watertight seal around uh, the screw hole that I had just drilled in. 
and that usually works a lot better than trying to use um, like silicone and stuff like that. Because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people out there like to, you know, do um, do a lot of DIY when it comes to like lights, rigging everything up and whatnot. And I've used, you know, silicone and whatnot to fill in the holes and whatnot. But like after a year, sometimes even less than that, like that silicone is like coming right off. And so now when I like use the plastic well, like it ain't going nowhere. Like that, that stuff is staying on there. So, um, and you can, you can get the plastic welds uh, off of Amazon as well, I believe is where I got mine. I think it came as like a really big pack or something like that. So I'm sure you can search the internet um, for a lot of uh, different things as well um, and whatnot. And then, um, you know, uh, also depending on the layout of your kayak as well, you know, if you have a pedal drive or not, um, most of them, if they do have a rudder system, uh, you'll also want to be checking your cables and everything as well. You know, you want to make sure that none of your cables are starting to fray, nothing's too loose, you don't have any bolts missing that are holding them in there, those types of things. Um, if you're not certain how something should be, um, you know, reach out to your dealer um, if you bought your kayak through like either a local dealer. And even if, you know, they're not close, you know, most of the time you reach out to somebody be like, yeah, I've got like this Jackson kayak and my rudder's all weird. Can you help me out here? You know, most of the time everybody's going to help you out and whatnot. Uh, keeping all of your um, lines and everything, um, you know, well-maintained, um, tight, but not too tight, uh, is definitely going to help your gear last a lot longer out there as well. And if something is, you know, starting to crack, come apart or anything like that, you're going to catch it at that point then, you know, because I don't know about you, but, you know, you go out the first time of the year and it's just like, oh my gosh, everything is like <laughs> falling apart. It's going wrong. You know, it's just like, well, should have spent the time in the winter to look over everything and whatnot. So, you know, do yourself the favor, save yourself the heartache and the headache, um, you know, do a real good look over, over your kayak as well. Um, fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. I know uh, I did this year. I added a, a Burley Pro bumper, mm, yes. bumper uh, to the front of my kayak just to mm -hmm. kind of help because... On the Susquehanna, there's rocks everywhere, so I yes. bumped that a lot. So um, I'm still, you know, not 100% sure that, I mean, I'm not going to just crack that thing, but uh, <laughs> it definitely seems pretty solid. And it, I mean, when I beach, you know, when I come up to the ramp, mm -hmm. I, I, I do drag my kayak more than probably a lot of people do. Um, after I saw that, uh, I don't know if it was... Uh, uh, Fluke Master or if it was Chad Hoover, but one of them drug... Uh, uh, a bona fide kayak behind his truck for like 15 miles or something <laughs> just to just to prove how thick they really are uh, and like oh, you after, know what that does sound familiar i can't uh, remember who did that after dragging it for that far it still didn't drag through so i'm like me just dragging it up and down wow. the, the ramp isn't gonna isn't gonna right. put a hole in it for the most part yeah. now i did um on both my jackson and my hobie um like the on the keel, I guess at the back, it mm -hmm. has that that kind of keel guard that you you're it's meant to drag on. And on both the Jackson and the Hobie, I kind of wore that down. Now that mm -hmm. part's replaceable, 
Um, and uh, I did replace it on my Jackson before I sold it, just so it looked a little nicer. Sure. Because um, it was worn down pretty good. And I noticed um, on my Hobie that it's the same way. So um, I might have to replace that too. But that, that, I mean, it's meant to be replaceable. So definitely check that out yes. if you have one. Actually, in my, on my Jackson, on my Kusa, um, I wore it down enough that one of the screws actually came out. So it only oh, had wow. one screw. Yeah, I drug it a lot, you know. I, <laughs> but uh, um, so that, and but the new keel, the one that uh, when I got the new part, it came with the two screws. So um, nice. it was pretty much good as new as soon as I replaced it. So, and I'll, I thought about doing that for the Hobie too. Um, and uh, I know uh, there's a few things I, I ripped off one of my uh, rod cover, uh, rod holder covers, you know, on the Hobie. They have oh, those. yes. Those things. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I think those things are more annoying than anything. Like in my boat, I just, I unscrew them and take them off because I just find them more of an inconvenience than anything. <laughs> I was, I was really surprised. I think I, I, like I somehow got line wrapped around it and I just pulled it and like, <laughs> cut right through it i was like wow that sliced it like hot butter man it's crazy but, <laughs> right. uh, but yeah they do kind of get in the way um mm -hmm. i just never bothered to take them off but i don't use those rod holders as much uh i yeah. use the one that got ripped off now a lot <laughs> um, so like when after i land the fish that's where i put it just to to get the hook out and stuff but uh that's where i put my the rod but uh, uh yep yep good deal so yeah, um, and then, you know, cleaning the kayak itself, you know, you can use just about anything I like to tell people, but I highly recommend staying away from like your chemical cleaners. So like 409, anything, anything with bleach um, and other things like that, just stay away because that stuff can like literally break down that polyurethane and then it can also discolor your kayak as well if you're not careful. Um, so what I usually recommend if people ask me how I clean my kayak is um, just a car wash soap and water. You know, I'll just mm -hmm. go get a big bottle because I have a um, power washer and it's got like a little reservoir thing that I can just, you know, dump that stuff in. And then that's how I usually end up cleaning it too. Um, there are a bunch of different, um, uh, what do they call it? Um, I think it's called Aerospace 309 or something like that. So like yeah. it's supposed to help rejuvenate like mm -hmm. anything that has like that polyurethane in it. And, and that stuff actually works really good. Cause like if you're out in the sun, especially in the Southern States, and if you have like a red kayak and it's like super faded, you spray this stuff on there and clean it off. It'll rejuvenate it and it'll look like it's almost new. I was going to ask if you'd use that. Cause I had a couple <laughs> people ask me and I'm like, Oh no, I never, never tried it. But, uh, mm -hmm. I know I know quite a few people, like you said, especially in the south and the west, where the sun really bakes yes. on you. That uh, they uh, recommend that you use that for sure. Yes, so. it uh, it it works pretty good because I mean, uh, my orange kayak, I had that thing for quite a while, and uh, you know, it was actually surprising at how fast like the sun can fade. Um, those types of things, you know, and I wish I would have done like the before and after pictures at the time, but like before it was, you could definitely kind of tell that it was a little faded, but not like super crazy faded. But like, as soon as I used that stuff, it looked brand new. I was like, holy crap. I wish I would have known about this stuff earlier. <laughs> I would have done this like seasonally, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then um, there's a couple of different other um, basic cleaners and whatnot that you can use as well. Some people like to use, um, oh, uh, Simple Green, whatnot, which is a very eco-friendly uh, material as well. Magic Eraser for some of those, you know, kind of really stuck on um, stains and whatnot because my the deck of my kayak can get real gnarly and even after using the power washer like there's some stuff that is still there that needs a good <laughs> extra soaking <laughs> so um don't be afraid to you know use some little elbow grease with that as well but again you know stay away from like the chemical stuff 
unless it's specifically for, you know, the polyurethane material that your kayak is. I noticed, I mean, my kayak is the, the, I guess it's Dune. I forget what, if that's the mm -hmm. color. It's, it's, it's the white looking one Yep. Uh, or, or tan or sand color. Yeah. And it, on the deck, especially like you said, where my feet sit and, you know, there is some like deck padding there, but where there's not deck padding, it gets pretty brown mm -hmm. from just constantly, well, either, you know, wet wading and hopping back in or just, you know, just being overall in dirty water and stuff. It, yep. it tends to start to look a little nasty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then once you've got your kayak clean, then you're pretty good for the rest of the, you know, year until you're ready to go out next year. You'll thank yourself for like, oh, hey, yeah, my kayak's nice and clean. You know, there there was one year where um, my last trip was a salmon trip. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it uh, it got a, it got a little messy. <laughs> and uh, there were still some uh, there was still some blood on the uh, deck of my kayak. And I just I had meant to clean it, but just it got cold and cold fast. And it sat in the garage all winter <laughs> long with those blood stains on it. But, um, you know, again, just using some of that car wash stuff, uh, whatnot. And then just like a, uh, like a soft bristle, you could use like a, uh, a stiffer bristle brush too. Cause I mean, the plastic stuff can take that, you know, just scrubbed it real good and it, it came right off. I was kind of pleasantly surprised by that. I thought it was going to stain. But... Yeah. I was going to say, you'd think blood would, if anything would, blood would, but mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I just, I think I got lucky. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm always um, super paranoid that when I have a, a, a fish that bleeds a lot, I'm like splashing water over the side, <laughs> trying to wash it all down. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, the, the polyurethane plastic, it, it holds up pretty good. It's kind of hard to stain it unless, uh, you know, again, you're using some pretty harsh stuff on it. But even with, um, uh, I had spilled some of the, um, like the, the dip it stuff, mm -hmm. like the orange Ooh. in the blue kayak before. And like, I freaked out. I was like, Oh God, my, my kayak's going to be like, I'm going to have like this weird orange spot in there or whatnot. And, uh, I think I just took like some, uh, some like Dawn dish soap or something like that. And I kind of squirted it all over there and scrubbed it in real good and let it sit. And luckily it came right off. So <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, that's usually what I use for my kayak. I just use this show, but um, yeah. the, whatever you use on your car is probably going to be okay because oh, yeah. that's made to protect a clear coat. So it's going to mm -hmm. work the same way on your polyurethane. So. Yep. 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 And then, uh, yeah, moving on. So, yeah, after your kayaks are clean, then you get the lovely joy of <laughs> everything else, <laughs> which is the most <laughs> tedious part of everything. Um, but the next thing that you should definitely look at, clean real good, give it a good <laughs> soaking and give it a good inspection is your PFD. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, just the foam one or the inflatable one, you want to make sure that, you know, all your straps are in good condition, nothing's fraying or anything like that. And then, um, you know, sometimes if, if I know that that cartridge has been in there for like two, three years, I'll, I'll test it, you know, be like, all right, well, let's pull it and see if it actually works, you know, and I haven't had one fail on me yet. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> um, and then um, some of them have like a little bobbin in there. So like if they're the automatically inflating ones, they have like this little thing in there. And I think they're only good for, I think every three years. Um, but you have to check um, on the actual bobbin whatnot, because it'll usually have like an expiration date on there. So you got to make sure that, you know, that a that's good to go, or if it's, you know, expired to get a new one, they're pretty cheap. I think they're 10 bucks if that or something like that. And um, one thing that I was really bad at that I wish I would have done sooner with um, my second PFD was to clean the actual like material. So like I have like the auto inflatable one and uh, I would like inspect it every year and check the Velcro and whatnot, and all that other stuff. But I didn't do my due diligence and take care of like the actual like material, whatever it's made with. Mm -hmm. And there's parts of it that are like really faded and kind of 
rough looking <laughs> and uh, it's still functional by all means. It just doesn't look quite as good anymore. Um, so um, there's actually a, um, a pretty good cleaner out there on the market today. And I'm trying to remember what it's called. Um, I think it's like tech wash is what it's called. Um, and we'll have links to uh, all of the different things that we have uh, that we're talking about on here and whatnot. Cause uh, it can also be used on um, like wetsuits, dry suits, um, that type of thing. I want to say it was like, you know, like a wet wash. Yeah, I'd have to look it up because there's there's a lot of different things on the market nowadays. But there was one that I particularly liked because all you had to do with was um, depending on you know if you have a big enough bucket or. Um, like in my case, like I had several things. So like I would just, you know, fill a bathtub up a little bit with water and then I'd pour the solution in there. And then I'd take like rain gear, my PFD, my uh, rain boots or my um, oh um, NRS boots and whatnot. And you just kind of, you know, slosh them in there, get them all nice and wet and soaked and everything. And I think you let them soak for like a half hour or something like that. Give them good rinse off and then let them air dry. And like they'll look and smell really nice. <laughs> I, those boots can get pretty oh. crazy. So. Oh, yeah. 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 If you don't want, uh, you know, your boots continuing to smell like foot, this is uh, this is pretty good stuff. And I mean, like you can use it, you know, like an everyday basis too. you know, like if you're you know, a, a cleaning Nazi in a sense, you know, you could just come home, dunk them in the water, put the stuff in there, let them soak for a while, take them out, let them air dryer and you won't have bad smelling boots at all. So yeah, no, I, I use a, a boot dryer and that, that mm. does wonders. Cause if you, if you can get them dry quickly, um, the smell comes from bacteria when it dries too slow. So if you can dry yes. them quickly, which a boot dryer dries them like slowly so that they don't shrink or anything but it also dries them quicker than just air drying so that tends to not let the bacteria grow so that's definitely a tip for stinky boots um try and if you get a boot dryer and you can um, buy them on amazon i bought my boot dryer on amazon um we use it for my daughter's soccer cleats too because they were getting like well, i'm like you're not bringing those in the house you know <laughs> <laughs> right you're like, people no, have to live here in the garage yeah. Yeah. exactly <laughs> So, but after we got the boot dryer and we use that on the soccer cleats too, it works. Uh, it works great because it, like I said, it, nice. it doesn't allow the stinky bacteria to grow. So it keeps them smelling good. So nice. just a tip out there for, if you have stinky shoes or boots, definitely check out a boot dryer. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the same thing when it comes to, you know, your PFDs and your rain gear and everything, you know, the reason why things will start to stink is because they've got that moist, dark warm environment that's just perfect for bacteria you know and whether or not you know you really try hard to take care good of your stuff and whatnot you know you'll still like go to get your rain jacket the next day and you're like oh <laughs> god <laughs> what is that i've had that happen before and i'm just like jesus i even hung this thing up to dry but it still stinks right. I try not to leave things in my truck for that reason. Um, like yes. there'd be, if I know I'm fishing both like two days in a row, I still take everything out of my truck just because when it sits in your truck, then that, that smell, you don't smell festers. it for the quick drive home, but yeah, if you let it in there overnight, man, it's, it's not good. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah, there's, um, I found one, um, from REI it's called like a, a tech wash and I think it's like 10 bucks or something like that. I'm sure you can find it on Amazon as well. Um, but yeah, you basically, um, uh, some of these things you can actually add to, uh, your washing machine as well too. If, uh, the clothing and items that you're using are machine washable. Um, so you'll definitely want to, you know, look at the labels of all of your gear as well to make sure that you do clean it properly as well. Because some things you don't want going through the washing machine because it might just ruin them as well right. um, and whatnot. Um, let's see here. Moving on. So after you get all your gear done, all your kayak, then uh, you've got the fun joy of going through all of your rods, your reels, your tackle, and all that other stuff. <laughs> I remember when I first got into just fishing in general, you know, I didn't have a clue about anything, you know, um, 
you know, I would leave stuff in tackle boxes. I never took anything out or anything like that. And when it came to the next season, I'd go to get something out of a tackle box and the whole box, everything would be rusted. And I'd be mm -hmm. like, what, what happened? How did this happen? <laughs> and even if your box might be dry, rust can still get in there. Um, so usually, at least for me, you know, my process, I usually will take all of my reels off of my rods, um, and I'll kind of start with all that. And then I'll go through all of my, uh, tackle boxes. So like everything that holds like, you know, my crankbaits, my spinnerbaits, like all of them. Cause like you get the littlest bit of rust in one of those and it can ruin that entire box. So it's really important to make sure that you're checking through all this stuff to make sure that a, you're not having rust uh, creep up on you and ruining a whole box of everything and b, in the process while you're checking through everything, you're checking to make sure that a, all your hooks are in good condition um, all of the bills on like your crankbaits and stuff like that are in good condition. And just, you know, overall in general, taking a little bit of an inventory as well. Cause you know, you're like, man, you know, this worked really good for me. Now, where is that? And you're like, oh man, I don't know where all my stuff is right now. <laughs> for me, it's probably in my cup holder. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sean and I were talking about this earlier too before we started recording is, uh, you know, everybody has that quote unquote, like that dumping station for, you know, the lures and stuff that they use throughout the day, throughout the season or, you know, whatever have you. So like as you're changing baits from the lines or whatever, you just kind of chuck it into one little container. Mine's the uh, H-rail bin. And uh, there's been a couple of times where like, I'll get home and it may or may not have been um, uh, a rainy day or whatnot, but uh, there's been times where it's been like, you know, two weeks before I open it back up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kick myself and I'm like, God dang it. I forgot I had a jackhammer in there and now there's <laughs> rust in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Why well, uh, the Outback has two cup holders. I think both of those are full. And then at one of the paddle and fin meetups, um, Brian had a, a yak attack cup holder that I added. So I have three cup holders and all of them are full of stuff. So, right. And I think in the bottom of one of my, the one, the built-in ones on my Hobie, I had, I had soft plastics in there and I made the mistake of throwing a Z-Man in there. So oh, then I, no. talking about having to scrub something, I had to like oh. kind of take a chisel or something and kind of scrape it out of there. Cause it was all melted into the bottom of the computer. So if, uh, if any of you guys listening or watching have never had a Z man bait melt on you, whether it be like in the package in with other baits and stuff like that, it's whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment. The clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it happens quick too. I mean, yeah. I want to say it wasn't in there for more than a couple of days and it was just a puddle of plastic. Yeah. And like, sometimes it's not even like the air temperature that'll melt it. Like sometimes it's the other plastics that yep. it's touching. 
-hmm. that'll just make it turn into like a goo or it'll just like melt to the other plastic or whatnot. Cause like I did that one time, I think I had a couple of TRDs and with like a couple of Cinco's and like, I go to pull it out and I was like, Oh my God. It was just like this blob of just grossness. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I notice even even just letting them sit on the like the Hobie has like trays too, kind of, and I've I've let them just sit there, and sometimes they they're not even touching other plastic, but if they sit there long enough, they almost melt to the yes the kayak itself, and then you're like pulling it <laughs> off, and it's slimy and nasty. Oh yeah, they they they're pretty durable, but man, when it comes to melting, it, it's ugh. yeah, it's gross. <laughs> Um, but yeah, when it comes to, you know, cleaning all your gear and everything or whatnot, you know, you kind of want to follow the same principles, you know, you don't want to use those harsh chemicals. Um, cause again, you know, that stuff can absorb into plastic. So plastic such as like your tackle boxes, um, any of your containers, your gear and stuff like that, you know, you always want to make sure that you're using either like eco-friendly stuff or just basic Basic soap and water is pretty good for just about everything. Um, again, I'm kind of uh, in a favor of like simple green. Um, it does a pretty good job of like getting anything and everything. And then um, a uh, tip or trick that uh, somebody had told me about is if you have like the, the cork or like a colored rod butt or something like that, that really tends to get dirty and like no amount of like scrubbing seems to work. Uh, a magic eraser uh, usually works pretty good. Hmm. Again, it does take a little bit of time to clean it, but I found that those have worked pretty good for me in the years past when it comes to cleaning my rods and stuff. And then uh, while you're cleaning your rods, you might also discover that you have some broad-eyed guides that literally will fall off when you touch them. <laughs> <laughs> I had that happen on two rods that I was cleaning. I was like, oh, oh, it's a good thing I had that happen now so I can fix them now. <laughs> and then I've got one that um, it's not like necessarily broke, but there's like this middle like guide support part of it that's like snapped. I don't know how it snapped or whatever because i'm like this this doesn't make sense in my yeah. head but somehow it did um so i gotta figure out what um you know what the best way is to fix that but uh you know it's always definitely good to see if you have any uh rod eye guys that are about ready to pop off um and then checking to make sure that like your your top rod eye guide uh isn't missing like that inner like protective ring or whatnot yep. um I actually didn't know that that was a thing until like, I think my second year into kayak fishing, I had this, uh, I don't even remember what rod it was, but like I would cast out, you know, and after about six, seven casts, I noticed my line was getting really frayed. And I was just mm -hmm. like, well, I'm not near rocks or anything like that. And I couldn't figure it out. And then somebody had asked me, they're like, well, have you checked all your rod eyes? And I'm like, well, yeah, I think so. They're like, well, did you check to make sure that they had like that little inner like protective ring? And I'm like, inner protective ring. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, look at them and then see if one of them's different. And sure enough, that top, the tip was uh, missing that inner protective ring. I was like, huh, well, I'll be darned. I didn't even know that was a thing. You know, I've, I've had them come out even middle ones. Like I, I think I somehow crunched, one of the middle eyelets enough to pop it out mm -hmm. and um same thing i noticed my line getting frayed and i've even had one where just uh somehow it got cracked and it, so the ring was still there but there was a crack in it and just the line running over that crack would fray it too so oh, it is wow. a good idea to inspect those rings because uh, especially if you're noticing your line is uh, fraying or you're breaking off a lot you know that that is oftentimes one of the culprits for that mm-hmm Yep. So yeah, always good to inspect everything and make sure that, um, you know, your uh, rod seats are still in good working condition and everything too. Um, there was something else I was going to say with that, but then now I completely forgot. Uh, but yeah, moving along, um, cleaning 
your reels. Now, I know that this is a very intimidating thing to uh, people, especially when it comes to like your bait caster reels, because most, I'd say, yeah, like 98% of your reels, when they come in the box, they also come with like the uh, part schematics. And if you've ever seen <laughs> one of those, you're just like, dear God, there's like hundreds of parts to these things. <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, and at the end of the season, you should, um, you know, know how to properly care for your reel cleaning it, you know, adding some more lubricant to it or adding more oil to it, that type of thing. But knowing how to properly take your reel apart as well. <laughs> I remember the first time I took one apart because I was like, man, there is something weird going on with this reel because I wanted to try to fix it. And, you know, I didn't know any better. Took the one plate off of it and those two springs that keep in there were just, choom! I was like, Huh. I'm sure those were important. <laughs> uh, but lucky enough, you know, um, I just went to the um, uh, real manufacturer website and looked up parts and whatnot. And majority of what is in there, uh, you can find online and whatnot and everything. So um, and a lot of times, you know, if you're not comfortable with, you know, cleaning, maintaining your reel, whatnot, um, ask one of your buddies, you know, because chances are somebody's going to know how to do it. They could probably teach you how to do it as well. Um, and we did have um, Debo from Debo Fishing on. Um, it was sometime last year, I want to say. And we did an episode on uh, reel cleaning oh, nice. um, where we kind of did a a general uh, bait caster disassemble and reassemble and also a general uh, spinning rod. Uh, oh, nice. So if, you, uh, if you're interested, go. I know uh, Debo has uh, tons of uh, videos on his site too. So it's just D-E-B-O. If you Google uh, YouTube for that, um, he has some good content on um, real maintenance. So Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, and I wanted to give a, a quick shout out to... Um, to Cadence Fishing. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're a, a real company. Um, they give some of their proceeds back to uh, youth fishing organizations. So I've I bought a few reels from them. And earlier this year, uh, when I lost my bait casting rod uh, or my crankbait rod, I replaced um, the rod and reel. And the reel that I bought uh, was a, a Cadence reel. And probably the second or third time I used it, I don't know if I bumped the side plate latch or whatever, but I was out in the river casted and the side plate pew, and like the reel came out, like the, the spool came out and it was just gone. <laughs> so like I saw the spool, but the whole side plate was gone. And so I emailed the company and they said, I said, I need these parts. And they initially said, well, we don't have them in stock right now. We're going to be uh, coming out with a replacement reel. Um, so we'll let you know when that's available. And they, so they, uh, probably like two months ago, they emailed me back and said, hey, the replacement reel is out. Here's the parts on Amazon. So I went ordered the part, but the part was only the side plate cover. And so I emailed them back. I'm like, this isn't right. And they're like, you know what? We'll just email you or send you a new reel. So <laughs> they totally sent me a new reel. Um, I actually got it two weeks ago. And, you know, we were talking about um, my, my, uh, my uh, drive squeaking, right? Well, this reel also came from the factory and like when I'd cast, it would like make this screeching <laughs> banshee noise. Like uh, people like fishing are looking like, what is that noise? I called my wife one time while I was fishing and she's like, what is that screaming noise? I was like, oh, that's this reel, you know? And so actually on Friday, when I got off work, I went to Dick's and bought a, a little pen combo, pen fishing um oil and uh grease combo mm. yes and um i i went on cadence's uh website and they actually had videos for how to properly lube it so and it was super easy and it's now quiet as a you know you know like the way it should be so definitely uh worthwhile checking it out i, I imagine most rod manufacturers or real manufacturers will have a video or at least instructions for you know how to properly do that because they they did point out which parts should be oiled and which point parts should be greased because there is a difference so yes you definitely want to keep that in mind yes. so yes there is yep 
And, uh, you know, while you're cleaning your reels as well, you know, it's also a good time to, you know, check the line in it. You know, if you've been using um, mono or fluoro, that line does have a short lifespan compared to braid. A braid, you could probably keep on your reel for like three years and it's still going to be solid, depending upon, you know, the conditions of how you fish and all that other stuff. But, uh, yeah, when it comes to floral mono, like you don't want that stuff staying on your reel for a long period of time because it's just it's going to start becoming brittle and frail and you'll start breaking off and everything. And that's just not something you want to have happen when you got a 10 pounder on the other line. <laughs> um, but yes, all definitely um, good tips and tricks and whatnot. Um, and yeah, you know, you can go uh, to Bass Pro, Amazon, you know, Tackle Warehouse, you know, there isn't any specific brand of like real in grease that you like have to have, but like any basic kit that you can get from any of the big box stores, you know, like Bass Pro, Cabela's, that type of thing. Those are generally all you need. Um, other like tips and tricks that I like to give to people as well is uh, Q-tips are your friend. And then the canned air, um, that you use to like, like your keyboard, if it's like really dusty or whatever, that actually comes in pretty good handy as well for me. Cause like sometimes there's just like gook, like stuck in corners or whatever. I just take that canned air and just, and it gets it all right out of there nice and neat for me. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Oh, let's see here. Um, looking through other things. Another thing that I'm a big culprit of is, um, a lot of times when, uh, either it's, you know, just at the end of a fishing day, fishing trip season, uh, there's been a lot of times where I'll throw a lot of my plastics in the same bags and just like not even deal with them. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, you know, come next season, I'm just like, God, what what do all these worms have like split heads and stuff like that that you can't even rehook? I was like, what was I doing? Why didn't I go through any of that type of thing? Um, You know, it's, it's always a good thing to, you know, take inventory, take stock, um, especially this time of year, because uh, there's a lot of places that will have, you know, holiday deals, uh, Black Friday deals, seasonal type things or whatnot. Um, I'll keep an eye out, you know, Bass website. Tackle Warehouse has the 12 days of Christmas savings where each day is like something different. And they have some actually pretty good deals. I mean, they have a, a deal of... Um, of like discounted fishing line, like especially like Seaguar and stuff like that. That's usually the best time to stock up is when everybody's having their holiday sales. So what better time to look through your gear as well to see, you know, what you're low on, what you need to replenish, what you need to replace, those types of things. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and I think I was just going to say that Black Friday, especially like mm-hmm. almost every company does at least some kind of deal. And and you can get line like like you said, Seaguar. I think I last year I bought a like big big spool of Seaguar uh, ten pound uh, Invisex, and it was like more than half price off. It was like wow. crazy. So, um, yeah. and that's that's what I use for my uh, leader material. So um, I freaking have leader now forever. Well, not forever because <laughs> it doesn't last forever, but um, it will last me a while. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely check up on that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I got to give a little bit of a shout out to like the Plano Edge boxes because, um, you know, the the stuff that they've been coming out with the last couple of years for organization, tackle management, that type of stuff. But what really kind of has 
really helped me in a sense is they have the built in like rust inhibitor stuff mm-hmm. in there, which has been really nice. Cause it's like, man, like I got water in this box. I know like it should have been like, but like it wasn't. And I think it was because of those rust inhibitors. And then another tip, a little trick I like to tell people too, is um, whenever you like, get something in the mail or whatever and it comes with like the silica gel packets don't throw those away throw those in your tackle boxes because those will absorb moisture and they will help keep water out of all of your tackle boxes stuff so keep those things that is a good tip that is a very good tip because yeah those things come in everything and yes (laughs) yep see here i'm trying to see i know uh we talked about line management and, mm-hmm. and um, one of the things that I mentioned last year on the Christmas episode about things that I found that really worked well, um, it, there's um, this is called the Casking Line Boss. And um, it's this cool little stretchy um, bungee cord and it has a little hole. Um, I don't know if you can see that there, a little eyelet that you can run your line through. So not only does it keep your line from just unspooling, you know, I know they come with the little stickers sometimes or they have the little notch where you can put the line in and it's supposed to keep it from unspooling but i i don't know how many times you know i just re- go into the little bin in my kayak that i keep my line in and go to pull out line and it'd just be unspooled everywhere um but uh that th- these work great for that um and they're cheap i think you can buy like a five pack on uh if you just uh, we'll put a link in the show notes but um it, it comes in a five pack and not only does it work good for that, but it also works good for when you're spooling your line because you can use this to kind of tension, uh, add the right amount of tension because there's a, a little plastic slider uh, right here that you can set the tension uh, for how tight it is on the reel. So then when you're spooling your line, you can have it at that just right tension so that you don't, you know, rather than trying to pinch it between your thumbs and everything, <laughs> you can just, uh, or your feet, you know, I've tried to use yep. my feet before. Um, you can use that kind of band to set the tension and really kind of dial it in pretty well. So, um, definitely, a, a cheap and very useful tool that I've found. So very nice. Very nice. Yeah. You were talking about that, uh, with me before the show started and I was just like, God, I wish I had some of that. Cause like, I don't know how many, I've got like a box that's just for lime and I go to pull a spool out of there and like line is just like, poof. Just like almost exploding on me because either the tape that I put on there to hold it in place came off or the little line keeper thing that's built in some of the spools that just popped off out of there. And I'm just like, ah, <laughs> yeah. So, so definitely, it definitely has been a, a good investment and a cheap investment. So, mm-hmm. yep, definitely. You know, I mean, at, at the end of the day too, you know, like some of the stuff you're just like, oh God, I have like 20 reels and 20 rods. It's going to take forever to clean all this. It's okay. You've got all winter to do it, Right, right. <laughs> you know, but take the time to take care of it because, you know, that is just going to help keep your gear lasting longer, running good, um, in good condition. And it's, it's going to pay off, you know, taking care of your stuff at the end of Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that I usually like to tell people too is um, if they have one, uh, also check and replenish uh, your first aid kit if you use one as well. Um, You know, a lot of basic stuff in there, band-aids and stuff like that doesn't usually need replaced out. But like if you have a more hefty one that has some like like Benadryl, aspirin, that type of things, those things usually have a shelf life of about a year or so you know so it's a good time to uh uh, switch all that out and all that fun stuff well that's that covers a lot of things i think Mm -hmm. you know definitely uh we'll give you some things to keep you busy uh during those months and i i still do um you know as long as the water is not frozen i i take my dry suit and i go out and i try to fish all year long um i know i'd I had a goal last year to catch a fish every month, and um, I don't. I, I think I caught my first fish this year in March. So I think I, I think December, January, and February I didn't catch a fish last year. Uh, not for lack of trying, um, just <laughs> you know I, I'm still working on that 
learning to fish in the in the really cold months um you know but uh i still would like to do that this year but um even with that there's still going to be plenty of time for me to kind of go through things because i definitely don't fish as much uh when it's that cold uh right so you're a you're a brave soul for going out there and bearing with that i mean yeah i mean to each their own you know and more power to you man like that's that's awesome that you get out there and do that you know me i just i hate the cold <laughs> and i don't have a dry suit or anything so um you know it's not exactly the safest or wisest option to go out there <laughs> this time of year but um i do have a buddy who has a boat who said you know hey yeah like you let me know i'll take you out to you know lake or something like that and we'll just see what we can get so yeah yep i mean that's pretty much uh, I, I i think i I'd like to get a new dry suit. The dry suit I have was like a, a, a cheaper option. And I like the, the neck on that thing drives me nuts. Like I, oh, I feel like I can feel my pulse the whole time. <laughs> like, it, like it's choking me out. But, oh. and, um, so, uh, and I actually, I, I read tips online about taking like a bin or like an ice cream tub or a, like a plastic ice like cream Like a tub. coffee can or something like that. And putting yeah. it in there. Well, then I ended up ripping the seam. So oh, then no. I had to send it, the dry suit back and get it repaired. So I don't necessarily recommend that option uh, <laughs> unless you're very careful with it. But uh, I know there's, I was looking at uh, some of the other uh, NRS dry suits that are out there and they, they call them semi suits or dry suits because the, the neck isn't quite uh, as guess, restricting. Yeah, but it also seems like it's a heck of a lot more comfortable. So I don't know. That's that's on one uh, on my wish list for the holidays. So um, to make it a little more bearable, because there's definitely been times where it's just not been comfortable. I started actually wearing um, like a uh, Under Armour mock turtleneck underneath it, just oh, okay. to allow me to turn my head because even with the with the neoprene just right against your skin i felt like i couldn't even turn my head like it would just want to go with me you know so (laughs) right definitely not the most comfortable thing but after i started wearing that mock turtleneck underneath it it helped a little bit so Mm -hmm. i'm sure there's got to be something out there for a better way or something like that you know and if you guys are listening right now and you're like oh yeah you should do this 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 send us a message let us know so we can help yeah. share this information too you know comment Any, on the posts yeah tips tricks or anything that you know as far as like you know cleaning your gear organizing your gear um me or even little like, things like this that yeah. you know, you've found that really work well for you so exactly just you know that just helps everybody you know out in so many different ways you know there's people who are still coming on here who are brand new to the scene you know shauna and i have been in the kite fishing scene for quite a while so a lot of things that were just like yeah you know that's just a thing you know we forget sometimes that like oh yeah there's people who are brand new who literally don't know about this so sometimes it's you know always good reminders to have people chime in and be like, Oh yeah, let them know about this <laughs> type of thing. Absolutely. So, yeah. Alrighty. Well, I think that that covers a ton of stuff should keep people yeah. busy in the off season and, uh, you know, at least keep you good stir crazy and at least <laughs> let you think about fishing a little bit while you're going through all that stuff and kind of rehash the good times that, you know, Oh, I remember when I caught this something on this bait or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I know uh, part of my winter projects is to um, go through a lot of my GoPro footage because I have, oh my God, I have memory cards upon memory cards of stuff from the past (laughs) couple of years that I haven't even touched as far as editing. I was like, oh, I got to get on that. I got to take care of that because like I want to get better at that. So I'm just like, all right, this winter is definitely the time to do it once I get everything else taken care of and whatnot. But uh yeah, definitely a lot of projects uh, to keep busy with, and yeah. Cool. Well, um, do you want to take us out? You want to give a shot at the? Since I, I think I've messed it up the last like, <laughs> two or three times, so you can't do any worse than me. <laughs> I know, right? I think I could probably handle it. So, um, thanks again for tuning, guys. This has been another episode of Bash Fishing for Noobs. 
where we give you the tips, tricks, and techniques to help you rip more lips. I think I said it backwards, but hey, you know, close enough, yeah. right? <laughs> hey, you didn't stumble through it, so you... <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next time. All right, guys, thanks. Whoop, I didn't play the outro. We'll get that right now. <laughs> and here we go. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina. The beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. In wild country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss wild country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.